Amen. Thanks, Brad. Thanks, Micah. Well, happy Valentine's Day, everyone. You see the love seat up here, and uh, Rick and Pat Schunkweiler are going to come and sit on it here together. So those of you, yeah, you can clap for them. It's good. There you go. So we have a little tradition here. Uh, you can have a seat. We have a little tradition here at BCBC that each Valentine's Day Sunday, we select one couple who's been together a while and say hi and find out how you fell in love and I don't know, even see if you've got some good advice for all of us. Dan, I've also heard it called the hot seat. So The hot seat. Okay, <laughs> well, depends on how, how tough I am in the questioning here, I guess. So um, I'll, I'll go easy on you. So we had a pre-agreement. It would be pretty easy. So yeah. I, can't, I can't throw any real curveballs at you. But uh, one of the things we, of course, want to celebrate as a church is marriage, love, um, all that that represents. God has put so much of life. Uh, he's kind of built life and family to work through marriages. And so um, whenever we can, we want to celebrate, especially when people have been married for a long time, right? So I'm, I'm going to do a little bit of math in my head here and say, is it 57 years this year? Wow, all right, good deal. I knew that because 2015 was your 50th, right? We'll see a picture of that in just a minute. Uh, but I'd love to hear your love story. If you could just tell us how you met, how old you were, what were some of the initial attraction factors? Well, I was fortunate enough to go to a country school, a little red schoolhouse, and I walked to school and with my dog and back home every day with and it was really nice, and I enjoyed it a lot. But then came that dreaded day where I had to go to the big city of Berrien Springs and go to the two-story buildings in school. And uh, it was ter just terrifying, and I didn't look forward to it at all. And, but finally, it came that day, and I showed up there and uh, didn't know anybody. And uh, I finally found my room, and I walked in the room and found a desk way to the far wall. And, put my stuff down and I looked back behind me two seats and there's this cute little girl sitting there. And I thought, well, this is not gonna be so bad after all. <laughs> <laughs> and I had kind of the same experience. I saw him out in the, uh, the general hallway where there was an eighth grade room and a seventh grade room. And when I saw him, I thought, hmm, okay. And, but he was a big kid. He was tall. Um, and I thought, he's got to be an eighth grader, though. So uh, he's too old for me. But uh, yeah. I was ecstatic when I found out that he was in seventh grade. Yeah, the, the eighth graders are out of reach, right? But the, yeah, seventh graders. So, okay, so tell us about this picture. You both graduated from Berrien Springs. Yeah, we did graduate. And uh, this is, uh, boy, who are those people? It was, uh, we went together from seventh grade on to graduating from high school, and uh, it was just a fun time in our lives, and you'll all have to agree with us that uh, it is a memorial part of your life, and we enjoyed it a lot. At what point in the, between seventh grade and this picture, did you feel like, hey, this might be forever? This is really serious. I uh, realized that, uh, getting close to our senior year, and uh, after we graduated, I was 99% sure. I just hope she thought the same. All right. And did I you? did. Okay, I all right, did. that's good. <laughs> Great, so, uh, so between this picture and this picture, 
what happened? How did you pop the question? I've done some foolish things in my life, and this is a story is going to be one of them. And uh, I, I bought a wedding ring and decided how I was going to propose to her, and it was a difficult decision for me for some reason. And I more thought about it, the more confused I got. So I took her on a date. We drove around, and uh, I think we ate, and I finally decided we have to find a romantic place to propose. And uh, I couldn't do that. I couldn't find that place. I finally parked in the back of the Fairpreen Plaza behind the buildings. <laughs> Alley. <laughs> Opened the glove compartment, took out the ring, and for some reason she said yes. <laughs> so, Pat, what were some of the factors? Like, why, why did you say yes? And that, what, what was it about Rick that attracted you or made, him feel, made you feel like he was the right guy for you? Well, his personality, and he had this perfect black, uh, flat top haircut, oh. which was amazing and when I started to cut his hair after we got married the flat top went away because I couldn't do that but uh, it was just him and his personality he was very gentle um, very considerate and um, I can tell some stories about that if you want me to repeat those sure yeah, okay. of course yeah. <laughs> uh, his patience, uh, when we were married and had just two of the three kids, and we lived on the corner of Hinchman and Hollywood. If any of you are, are familiar with our house, it's way up on a hill. And we had purchased a 1966 dark green Ford Mustang with, yeah, with a wood steering wheel and the white um, leather interior with the Mustang on the back. And... Our payments were $80.04 a month. And um, the one day, it had been raining, and he was coming home from work. And I saw him patiently try and go up and down that mud driveway a number of times. So I'll let him finish the story. This is a man thing. <laughs> the more you try, you you're more determined you got to get that car up the driveway. And finally, I looked up in the window, and she was just sort of shaking her head, and I knew that I had to leave the car where it was and get it out when I can, but it was in the mud pretty good. And so I went to open the doors, and they wouldn't open. That's how far I had it in the mud. So I had to crawl out the window <laughs> and walk to the house. That was patience. Okay. <laughs> and then I saw sacrifice uh, come along the same line. We had the two kids, and we realized that this, this beautiful car was not going to suffice. So we exchanged it for a beige. He kept it in the horse family, so it was a Ford Pinto <laughs> two-door station wagon. Now, figure that out. <laughs> but... Uh, um, it worked for us, and I, I knew it was a, a hard thing for him to let go of, but a lot of sacrifices in marriage, and that was, at our age, that was uh, something. 
And um, so that was it. And another thing about Rick that I have appreciated over the years is that he does want to spend time with me. At the end of the day, you know, come sit down. And we had gotten into, I would call, a bad habit, but it was something that we were doing. Uh, he would go after dinner and everything was cleaned up and we were ready to deflate. He would go in the living room and turn on the TV and he'd watch what he wanted to watch. I would go in the bedroom and turn on the TV and watch what I wanted to watch. So four years ago, when we moved, we both knew that that was something that we um, needed to change. So we went to one TV, one remote, and uh, it's really been neat. I found out that he really doesn't like commercials, so the exciting thing is that you can watch more than one show at one time, <laughs> two or three, and uh, it really has been fun. I've learned... Um, Northwood's Law is really, it's a neat show. <laughs> um, so uh, he's just a wonderful man. He's very, very caring and patient. And I, I do appreciate that about him. Hmm. So in the pictures up there, obviously you have some kids. And the one is from the 70s and one is from the 80s. Got a little history there. I would imagine that just like any other married couple in the room would say there were ups and downs in the relationship. It wasn't all hearts and chocolates and roses every day. Um, so during those down times, difficult times, what did you do to stay in love with each other? How did you maintain that relationship strength? That's a tough question. I, uh, we, we just didn't see anything as a problem. We couldn't have get over um, we very seldom disagreed um, we just uh, were fortunate that uh, we went to church together and raised our children in the church and uh, which I strongly recommend doing and that uh, we're just just very fortunate it's great and then those kids have all grown up, and this, this is a picture from your 50th wedding anniversary just a few years back. Um, so how many grandkids are in the mix now? Five. All right, they keep track of those, right? Okay, so here's a question that, you know, when any of us who are younger look up to those who've gone before and see, hey, you made it 57 years and you're still willing to sit on the love seat together, um, you, you know, what advice would you have for us? If you're, and you, know, you think there's couples in here that have been married and are at various stages in there, but there's also probably people in here who would like to be married someday, so they're thinking ahead, how should I do this right? How should I set this up right? So what advice might you give to younger couples? Um, be patient, communicate, um, encourage each other to branch out and do things that they've always wanted to do, uh, whether, whether it's uh, seek a different livelihood, uh, just a variety of things, but be, be very encouraging and uh, help out when necessary and uh, you'll th see great things happen. That's good. And usually you are attracted to someone that's kind of opposite of you, that do things that you wish you would do and when you get married, 
sometimes you see yourself falling into wanting them to be like you, to agree with you always and to want to do what you want to do. So just be sensitive to that. Um, give them space. We like to be together, but there are times when you need to be by yourself. And uh, so make sure that you allow your partner to do that. Um, it says in John 4, we love because he first loved us, so just spoil them. Love on them, love on them, love on them. And um, that, that will work really well. And always to be humble. Uh, mm. we, don't, we don't fight. I think we've had two fights in all of these years. But it must have been my fault because I don't remember those. <laughs> But uh, uh, there are times, of course, where we get a little irritated with one another, and we know why. Uh, but humility uh, is uh, the way to take care of that. Sure. It's a great word. So something that I, I'm impressed by was you said just a few years ago you made a change to kind of upgrade your relationship. Um, so even at this stage, you'd say hey, there's still some ways we can grow. So what was that change that you made? Um, Life Action came here and, uh, and uh, presented their program to us. And part of that program, they strongly recommended that you pray together as man and wife. And we really had done that to a great degree. And uh, we decided to do it. So every night when we go to bed, we pray together. And uh, before that, I used to pray to God in a man's way, whether it be quiet or off to the side or during the day and we just stop what we're doing and say thank you or watch somebody over somebody. But this allows us to speak out loud and cover the many things that happen in our life and people are going through problems and, uh, and thank God for what uh, we have and the blessings that we have every day. and. Uh, even the little things, but there's so many of them, the blessings that we can't count them and we can't thank him enough. So this allows us to do it out loud. It makes a big difference. It's hmm. great. Well, why don't, we, uh, why don't we pray right now? Sounds like a good idea. And that's great advice that, uh, that you've given. Um, and by the way, two groups of people that our church is definitely available to serve anytime. One is if, you, if you'd say you're kind of on course, you'd like to get married and You'd like some coaching, premarital counseling, help preparing for that. Um, not only would our kind of official church system, pastors and staff, want to help you, but there are a lot of people, if you just look around you, there's a lot of people in the room like the Shunkweilers that could coach you, pray with you, uh, help you take some right next steps. So please avail yourself to that and don't walk alone on the journey. And then the other group of people, obviously, are those of you who are married. If you'd say we are going through a tough time or we're in some sort of valley in our relationship, you don't have to walk through that valley alone either. That's what God's family is here together to do, is to help us through those kinds of scenarios. So there are even marriage mentors who've been trained throughout our church family. If you would like access to any of that, just let one of our staff know. We would love to connect you uh, to some people that can take next steps with you. Uh, but for now, why don't we pray? So, so Lord, thank you for the Shunkweilers giving just a little window into their story um, and their love that we can all see and appreciate and celebrate with them. Thank you that we can um, 
foster relationships with one another in this way. Lord, you could have made life kind of, I guess, bland and boring somehow and told all of us to do everything on our own, but instead you've given us friendships, you've given us romantic relationships, you've given us parents and kids and uh, people that can be a part of our lives. You've given us our church family here. And so in every one of those relationships, we want to lead in love, we want to honor you in the way that we interact, and especially right now, uh, here near Valentine's Day, Lord, we thank you for marriages and what marriage means, uh, how it not only is for our good, but it also represents your glory. And I pray for every marriage relationship that's in the room right now, uh, that those marriages would be strong as they not only look out for one another as individuals, but as together all of us look to you uh, to guide us forward. So thank you, Lord, for this, this day, this time, and this little interview here with the Shunkweilers. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you both so much. <laughs>